All right, it did not give me an error message, so I don't. So we are recording. Good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. Uh, I'm your host JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to Batman-on-Film.com for the latest, greatest, <clears throat> superiest, battiest, Martianiest news this side of. National City. I almost forgot what the city was called. All the S. Uh, it's all the S guys. They're there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that voice you heard was, of course, our friendly neighborhood by it's Lauren, who's back on the show. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I feel underdressed. Uh, JJ here is wearing a Supergirl shirt, and me, the Supergirl fanatic, is not because I am in PJs, and I do actually not have Supergirl PJs, which is a shame. I should get some. <laughs> uh yeah duh uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i've got uh i've got the supergirl logo uh and by that i mean it's the s and it's a supergirl under it so there's no there's no mistaking who we're talking about today. no mistake it, it can't uh, be clark sorry clark we love you but it's not you today i have i have many thoughts on this show in particular um but one of the main focuses i wanted to talk about today um was is the um is the John Jones of the, of the show who mm -hmm. I think um, I, I, I'll, I'll just, I'll dive right into it. Um, I will never forget the episode. I rewatched it and I was a little bummed that I had to rewatch it. It's so the episode in season one, human for a day. Sorry, mm -hmm. my cat's just all over my face. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, I was a little bummed I had to rewatch it because I was like, I remember hating this episode <laughs> when it came out mm. and because I forgot that the, the Hank Henshaw reveal happened in that episode. Yeah. Uh, but I also backtrack because that is actually a great episode. Um, mm -hmm. I just think the whole, like the superhero loses their power, bit. it's that's way overplayed in every one of these shows. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, even in like Dark Knight Rises, he has to lose his money. Right. You know, so right. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. his version of <laughs> losing his superpowers uh, or, you know, Batman, of course. Um, but uh, I will never forget watching this episode when it aired. I was working um, for a company, so I was working in a group home. And so we could kind of watch whatever TV we wanted. And I was trying to sell it to the to the clients and be like, hey, it's superhero stuff. You want superhero stuff? And they're like, Yeah, sure. And we watched, so it was this episode. And so the lead up to it, uh, for those of you who don't remember, was Alex was convinced that Hank Henshaw either had her dad killed or, you know, was a part of him being killed or mm -hmm. did kill him, whatever. Um, and there's a lot of mystery around the Hank Henshaw character for the first few episodes. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget when she finally corners him. And he says, I am not Hank Henshaw. So I'm actually from another planet. And he morphs into Jean Jones. Mm -hmm. My jaw hit the floor. <laughs> and I believe my exact words were, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. Because that was not a twist I saw coming. Because they mm -hmm. really were leaning into that he was some version of Cyborg Superman. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's in the name, right? He was Hank Henshaw. He's going to be the cyborg Superman because there would be he would do super E stuff 
and his eyes would glow red. And I was like, oh, there it is. There's that cyborg Superman. Mm-hmm. But kudos to the to the creative team, uh, to Greg Berlanti, to uh, I guess it was uh, one interview I read. And who knows if this is true, if this is just a story they told. Sure. But uh, I guess it, from what I understand, it was Jeff Johns's idea because somebody had said, you know, uh, was like, oh, you know, I wish we could use Martian Manhunter on the show because he's such a great character. And he was like, well, why don't you? You go ahead and do it. That'd be great. And they're like, well, where where would we fit him? And he said, why doesn't he just be Hank Henshaw? Mm-hmm. And then that's where the story came up. And it's that's probably true. Jeff Johns back then was, uh, I believe he was CCO for DC Comics. So, you know, he was in had his hands in all the television and film stuff that they were doing. And Yeah, you know, for better that, and worse. <laughs> he, <laughs> you know. he did some very... He did some good things. He did some very uh, unhelpful things, which is pretty much how I just describe him in general. It's his, you uh, what you focus on with him. The his TV stuff was really good. Like he was co-creator on the Flash, uh, wrote mm-hmm. some some of the episodes on there, uh, wrote a couple episodes of Arrow, which are really good. Um, and and you know his comic book stuff. I mean, I, I I said it. I said it a long time ago when he and Ivan Reese are together. You know, Blackest Night stuff. That's like some of my favorite comic books ever. And I also joked, and I told both of them this when I met them in New York Comic Con years and years ago. I said, you know, the two of you could do like a Daffy Duck comic, and I'd say it's the greatest comic in the world. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so who knows? So, but, you know, and then the movie stuff was, well, it's very Zack Snydery. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, he should have run Wonder Woman too. He needs a, he needs, he should have not done that. Him and uh, Patty Jenkins had no business yeah. writing that film. <laughs> Yeah, they. I think they needed a. Yeah, they needed somebody there to go. Are you sure we want to go full on Richard Lester Superman three with this movie? So yeah, I think there are times where yeah, I think some creators need to realize that they don't do it all, and that's okay. Like Patty Jenkins doesn't need to be a director and a writer. You can direct, yeah. and that is enough. And <laughs> that and, is enough, and, ma'am. <laughs> and she's and she's great at it too. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and also on the Patty Jenkins for a minute, I was thinking about this because, uh, I was listening to a podcast where they talked about her walking away from Thor two, where she Mm -hmm. was like, you know what? I just couldn't get into the story. And, and that's probably a financially speaking, a really stupid decision because you're going to work for Marvel and get this giant paycheck, but Mm -hmm. you got to admire the integrity that she was like, I can't do this. I don't like this. I can't work with this, you know? So, Yeah. That's interesting. She walked away from that, but she wrote one Roman two story. <laughs> like, mm, so it, you know, interesting how that works in life, huh? It 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 does. But you know, what are you gonna do? But anyway, um, so let me ask you. So we're back in like uh, I, I guess it was like 2015, 16, uh, mm-hmm. when this episode happens. Um, I know a lot of the discourse online was that people were like, "Oh, I called it. I called it. I called it." I did not of call course. it. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm if either they're lying or if I'm stupid, but <laughs> the truth must be somewhere in the middle there. Uh, what did what did you think of that reveal when when Hank suddenly is John Jones? It, it really it literally changed the show going forward. It, it, it did. I think. Um, well, to be so full disclosure, I did not watch this originally when it aired like season one. Um, okay. 
I got into the show a bit later, unfortunately. Uh, so I came in maybe like season three, season four, like when they those were live airing. I watched, yeah. you know, I watched season one beforehand. Um, True. But when I saw the reveal, it, it definitely surprised me. I definitely didn't expect it. And what's interesting is I think it it kind of helped add that that extra superhero layer that was kind of missing in the first season for a little bit in terms of like, yes, Supergirl's a superhero, but like the thing about season one, so it was on CBS. So it was written by different writers than mm-hmm. you know, season two and three and not just your normal writer turnover between seasons, but literally a, an entirely different creative team. Um, yeah. And so there's a lot of things I like about season one, including John Jones. And there's also a lot of things I'm like, yeah there there were things that like it was it was a very cw show even though it was on cbs at the time in terms of yes. its writing and uh, it got a lot of criticism for that um and i'm you know i'm not gonna say all of it was justified but some of it was justified um sure. and so but i think having john jones come in and the way they revealed it and kind of how clever it was even if you predicted it or not um i think it gave more respect to the show surprisingly i think it uh challenged some people to say huh I actually didn't call that as cheesy as the show may be at times and mm-hmm. all this stuff like, oh my God, they brought in John Jones and they did it pretty well. And the actor does a good job playing him. And like, so I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really cool. Um, one thing I really liked with his plot line season one is, you know, kind of that mystery thriller element almost with his storyline entangled with Alex's and the DEO. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, it, it you know it it felt more comic-y in that way. Um yep. so yeah, I think that story added a very much needed layer to the show at the time. It, it you know, it was nice because we kept hearing about and this is part of my issue with season one Supergirl, uh, is that we kept hearing about Superman. We kept hearing about how cool Superman was and how respected Superman was and everything and, and yada yada. And and there's nothing wrong with that because that's that comes from the comic books. You know, that's, that's part of Kara's story is, and it's something I, I would argue that the character still struggles with in the comic books is. Yeah. That's not her fault. That's called the writers can't fucking move on in editors, but part of my language. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 you're totally good. Uh, But you know, it's, that's, that's a big part of it is her uh, trying to navigate her story outside of, you know, Superman's story. Mm-hmm. And with with the genre of it, I think what what the writers were able to do and what the actors did brilliantly um, was, you know, and you have the, the, this idea of of Clark and Kara having, um, you know, despite being similar characters, they, you know, in in the sense of that they they're they're from Krypton, but. Well, not even just that. You know, that's that's silly. That's that's very you know. Well, <laughs> just I mean, like, they're very, no, I get what you're saying. They're very similar in and even morality and what they believe in, hope, yes, help, and yes. compassion for all. That's Kara's thing, but at the same time, Clark would completely echo that if he didn't have his own saying. Yes, yes. Um, so I think what what the show did really, really well was when you think about Superman, you think about Mon Pa Kent. Like those are the parents he knew. He grew up with them. So. And one of the things that I think Smallville did really, really well, especially in its earlier seasons, was he had this wonderful relationship with his parents. And then when he finally, quote unquote, meets Jarrell, Jarrell's not great, you know? <laughs> so right. it's it's that kind of tragic story of, 
you know, adopted kid wants to meet his real parents, but his real parents are assholes, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And then you get, um, then you get uh, Kara. Well, Kara's in a totally different boat, you know. And, and let's let's you know, we'll stick with the the how the how the show does it, which is completely different from how the comics have always done it with Kara, where she's. She, you know, she uh, remembers her parents. She remembers living on Krypton. She remembers all that. Um, so when she comes to Earth and she lives with the Danvers, she's, th that's, that's just, that's not her family. At least that's, that's how she feels for a long time, right? In her life. Uh -huh. It's just not, you know, there's, you know, and there's, uh, I, I, when we meet Eliza, uh, and she has more storylines as the show goes forward. You know, she even says like, "Oh, this is my adopted mom, Eliza." Right? She doesn't say, "Oh, this is my mom, Eliza." You know, so yeah. there's having that qualifier does it, it adds a little bit of dare I say coldness, right? You know, because you're just you're you're it's immediately like, okay, she doesn't think of Eliza as her mom. Um, yeah, but, I mean. It's I, I I like to think of it more as a distinction because like and it does have uh you know it does have that coldness like feeling to it of course, um, but I you know it, it's more distinguisher for her because it yeah it's very hard when you grew up on one place and you were there for so long, and then you're just somewhere else and you basically have no choice but to you know adjust to it you know yeah you're yep. gonna resist it but whether you want to or not car is not a cold person and all that but yeah she she remembers her family and it's also hard to be like hey these can be my parents and so were they at the same time you know people right. think they have to choose so yeah she definitely goes through that absolutely and and, uh, and and on and on that topic you know so uh but what Supergirl did really well, what, what a lot of these CW shows have done, superhero shows have done really, really well, um, with the exception of like Black Lightning, because that wasn't like a nuclear family. Uh, mm -hmm. What was the idea of this is the family I made versus the family I was born with, right? You know, mm -hmm. uh, like Arrow, like his parents failed the city, right? You know, <laughs> the Flash, like... You have failed this city. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the Flash, like his his mom's killed and his dad goes to prison. So he has this whole other family that he grew up with uh, and then ended up marrying, you know, his, uh, the, the little girl he shared a bedroom with, which is not weird. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, there's, there, <laughs> ask the, talk to a wrong person about that. And they get very upset. I'm not saying they're wrong too, but man, like, I, I'm not saying weird. they're, I'm not saying they're wrong either. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you're yeah. not wrong. Mm -hmm. I, it's weird. Uh, he's simple, he's simple, whatever, whatever. You know, stranger things have happened, I suppose. Um, but then, but then you have um, you have Supergirl, who you know her her parents are dead, um, at least until what like season four when they her mom comes back. I think it is. Uh, <laughs> um, is three yeah. or four? Well, um, and yeah, it's really cool. Like I loved that with Eliza, they got. Helen Slater to play her eventually which was yeah. really cool so like the OG Supergirl essentially played her that was really fun to see yeah. um and and yeah I like the found family I think that's that's so important to the show and I think it's especially important for Kara's character because you know she gets to kind of learn and prove to herself that you know she can feel compassion for everybody that she doesn't have to choose mm -hmm. um you know just one or the other to be family like um 
and yeah, like you see this in so many Arrowverse shows, like it's it's all found family. Um, and I also, I think that's more realistic. Like how many of us like love every single person we're blood related to? None of us, like <laughs> no one. The list is not. small. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I, I can kind of, you know, relate to that, you know, the, the idea of the found family, because, you know, not that my dad was like a bad guy, you know, like, uh, the thing I always like to say is that, you know, my dad, like on paper, he did everything right. You know, we always had food we always had clothes we had roof over our head he just wasn't still isn't the most emotionally available person um Mm -hmm. and my mom just like mentally wasn't always there you know so it's Mm -hmm. like growing up and you kind of when you're in situations like that inadvertently you latch on to other people like oh like you know this like my best friend's mom is always quick to say that oh that's you know this is my son you know when she talks Mm -hmm. to me and I and I told her like when my daughter was born, I was like, "What do you want to be called?" And she was like, "Oh, she can just call me Jerry." I'm like, "Okay, but if you want to be called <laughs> something, you can be called something. Like if you have a nickname you always wanted, you know, like Nana or uh, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever mm-hmm. nicknames people have for their grandmas." Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, you know, so you, you, to see that in these superhero shows and. And see how Alex does latch on to Hank. And she is a bit, she looks up to him. She she loves him, you know, like even before the, the genre reveal, you know, that's why she feels so betrayed in those first few episodes, right? Because she's like, I looked up to this guy. I trusted him and he might've killed my dad. And yeah. and then when she learns the truth, then it's like, the, the like, you know, like we said, the, the whole show shifts, the whole relation, their whole relationship changes. And and even extends to Kara and he kind of becomes their, their, their father in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think, and I think that that's so it's, it's, it's so well done because, you know, I, you know, I got to give it to Greg Berlanti and, you know, I mean like boo Andrew Kreisberg, but let's separate the art from the artist. You know, he was a good writer. Um, And uh, Sarah Schechter, I think, is that how you say her name? Who wrote a lot of the episodes? I think she was a showrunner. No idea. <laughs> uh, but you know, they they kind of, from where I'm sitting, they understood the assignment, which is that sure we can have all these fantastical superhero stuff. You know, we can have the Bizarro Supergirl, and we can have the Red Tornado, and we can have White Martians, and we can have you know uh, Agent Liberty. But none of that means anything if we aren't emotionally invested in these characters and mm-hmm. putting them together and giving them this found family vibe is uh, was it's what make, makes these shows memorable. You know, it's like I didn't just buy the Supergirl shirt because I like because I thought Melissa Benoist was hot. You know, it's like I <laughs> love that show, you know, she is, right. but <laughs> um Obviously, if anybody follows me on Twitter, they know I'm a simp, so it's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. Uh, just if you if you want uh, if you want to fill your podcast uh, for an hour, just just say, so "What do you think of Lena and Kara?" to Lauren, and then don't do that. I will embarrass <laughs> myself. I will also probably ruin your day because I won't shut up. I will pull up my bookmarked fanfics. Um, I will traumatize you. It will get adult very quick. No one needs that. <laughs> Exactly. So, <laughs> but that's why we're not talking about Lena today. 
That'll That's be, just be... asking for trouble. Asking any woman that has eyes. I mean, man too, <laughs> but especially any woman that's attracted to other women. It's over. We're, we're all lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you get the, you, you get a really good sense of who, uh, of these characters. And they have these really great arcs where, you know, when, when you have the, that found family side of it. But the, the, the cool thing about it is when you, you have that found family as an adult, it isn't just like they get to help each other. Like when Jean struggles, Car is there to help, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not just Jean always rescuing Cara or anything, right? You know, it's it's them, it, you know, and not just like literally, but like emotionally, right? You know, they have these great arcs, and I love the the one episode where it, it opens with them flying together, and he's kind of giving her some tips and saying, "Why don't you try this? Why don't you do this?" And you know, and she kind of. And, but she's just excited, but she's sort of not listening because she's excited thinking like, and she says like, I, I, I never get to fly with anybody, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, it's awesome seeing these relationships um, where, you know, you and I, we can't relate to flying with anybody, <laughs> but right. we can relate to the idea that, oh, here's this person that I really admire. And now we have something in common that we can share and it's, you know, and it's this beautiful connection, um, even if he's not going to be smiling and going, yeah, that was a lot of fun, you know, you know, which I yeah. think she I think she says, I think she tries to get him to admit it was a lot of fun, but he doesn't or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it's really great, really great stuff, especially. And then later in the season when he and Alex are kind of on the run because he gets in trouble for being an alien, hunting other aliens. <laughs> uh, yeah. Even though, isn't that also what Supergirl was doing? You bunch of hypocrites, but it's because he's black. Fair. Kind of. Uh, but anyway. I mean, they, they talk about that on the show. There's moments where, yeah. like, I remember, I don't remember what episodes, but I remember there are specific moments where, um, like, they he doesn't kind of address that. It's like, why did I choose to be a stay in a black man's skin on Earth? You know, he, yeah. he could have chosen to be a white man and easily blend in with the world or whatever. Um, and yeah. he does talk about that, which I thought was... It was really cool that they actually did address that in the writing, like even once, you know. Yeah. Um, I thought that was that was kind of a risk they took writing wise because it could have backfired very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they did a good job, and um, I really love. Yeah, I love Jean as like a dad. Like, spoiler if you guys haven't caught like watched all of Supergirl, but like when uh, Alex and uh, her her becomes her wife kelly they they adopt this this little girl named esme and and jean comes in and it's like look this is grandpa jean i'm like oh my gosh he's a grandpa i'm gonna lose it like it's just so cute and it's really cool to see him kind of you know get to grow as a character um kind of like how supergirl does more at the beginning of the show where you get to kind of see him over the progression of the seasons you know become more open and and confident that hey this is my family i'm grounded yep. here i i'm not at war like i was on mars you know right, um, right. and the mars stuff became so big in his storyline in later seasons um but yeah. yeah him and alex were such a good they were such a strong center point of the show in season one and actually i kind of forget that sometimes um mm-hmm. but when you watch the season you, you can't ignore it you know it's it's yep. so well done it's and what's interesting about it is the you know the 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 dynamic really started so well let me put it this way it's that i i 
I I felt like I was gonna hate the character in the beginning, and not even like in a you love to hate villain type of way, like because sure. we all thought he was Hank Henshaw for the longest time. So yeah. I I just kept thinking like the pilot of Supergirl is uh is not its strongest episode. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, it's 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 good, but it's not great. And part of that was because I just was like, I'm so sick of these like you know, authority figures that are just like, you know, you don't belong here. Go back to, you know, getting coffee for your boss, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, ugh. Can we can we get over this this stupid fucking trope, yeah. you know? Um, I, I think that's why it worked well, too. Um, because I think, you know, in general, a lot of people are kind of tired of those characters, you know? Like, yeah. and, and that's the thing, too, with villains in general. So he, luckily, is not a villain, obviously. Um, yeah. But like you said, the start, like, Hank Henshaw, like, as we know him, he's pretty unlikable. Um, yeah. He's very militant, like, do it or else kind of guy. Or like, well, do it because I said so. You shouldn't be questioning me. Right. Um, and characters like that that have nothing else underneath there there there's nothing to like you know there's really nothing you can hold on to because even people that are authoritative don't want to see that you know people that you know even are actually authoritative they want to like be able to like feel like oh i could empathize with them you can't empathize with that you know because they no. just what's the point so yeah those extra layers um definitely helped and were necessary actually for his character to succeed i think in a show otherwise he would have been a very probably like you know, just another villain. We're like, yeah, that was a very weak villain in season one. <laughs> right, right. So. And and I'm glad that they they added the that they you know, assuming the story's true, that they took Jeff Johns's advice and and took and made John a central character because it gives because Superman, you know, not being a part of the show for all season one, except like in little clips here or there, which always it was sort of annoyed me. I was like, why even bother? Like, you know, uh, so when they finally brought in Tyler Hecklin, I was like, okay, at least we have like a face now. Um, yeah. And which, by the way, I feel like Tyler Hecklin, you know, he's grown into the role fantastically. Um, uh, that's, you know, and I'm not, I'm not the only one that thinks that's, so that's not this like hot take or anything. <laughs> I um, No, I enjoy him. As, I really enjoyed him as Superman. And um, there was a quote I saw a while ago where he was, maybe at a con or he was answering questions. I don't know. And uh, he was like, you know, the way, the way he played Superman and Clark on Supergirl was different than how he played him on Superman Lois. Yep. And he said the way it was different was that when he's on Supergirl, he would play Clark and Superman so that he didn't take up Supergirl space. He was there to support her. Right. You know, right. he, he's not the lead and he understood that. Um, and I, and when I, read that he said that i was like that's why he's so good because he understands those things and that's exactly you know the how clark as a character would be you know because when he's by himself yeah he can lead the day and you know save lois lane and be all macho and also like hey i saved you says and you're welcome um <laughs> but yeah when he he also knows when hey i'm gonna step back and this is your role tell me what to do you know that's exactly what clark and superman would do um, it, it, I, I saw the Barbie movie recently and it reminds me of like Barbie and Ken, you know, like <laughs> Ken knows to support, support Barbie. You can still be you, yep. but when Barbie needs your support, you do that. It's the same thing there. So, um, yeah, I really loved his Clark. Um, I just couldn't watch the Superman and Lois show because of the poor choice by the producers and all that to 
get rid of the Supergirl lore and essentially not like give her any credit or any namesake or anything in that show. Like that really ticked me off because if they had done the opposite, like if Superman Lois came first and then Supergirl comes on and they just never talk about Superman, they don't mention anything that happened on that show when she would cameo or whatever. Man, people would have never watched that show. Like it would have been boycotted, it would have been canceled. <laughs> like so well, I'm just like Man, and it's a shame because I'm sure he is great on that show. But I'm like, ugh, you can't disrespect the original lore. And in this case, Supergirl is the original lore of the shows. So, well, that's the on that tangent for for another second here. That that's a, a valid complaint about the the multiversal stuff that's kind of flooding movies like with Marvel and DC stuff now, right? Because it does feel like there's less stakes if like. You know, kind of the, the Rick and Morty of it. We'll just go to another universe and live there now. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so I totally get what you're saying. Um, and, and it, you know, and because I remember thinking that too when the pilot of Lois and Clark came on, or Lois and Clark, uh, uh, Superman <laughs> and Lois. I was like, I was like, I was like, they're not, even, they're not talking about Kara at all. That's weird. And then like, and then I think yeah. we were all expecting it at some point, but and then like end of season two, they're like, by the way, we're on Earth. You know. 39 or whatever i don't know uh <laughs> i was just I, I don't think they said but i was just yeah. like i was like oh okay <laughs> like, yeah, well, well, yeah it was it was it was just such a cheap cop-out for whatever reasoning they had for really not doing that which we probably will never know you know so ever we can all just assume what we want but um but yeah well, and i mean like yeah like not only is it annoying like multiversal wise but it's just so disrespectful like again if that was done to Superman's character, everyone would riot because people yeah. respect Superman. He's a legend, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, so is Supergirl. Like, dang, mm -hmm. like, come on. Like, just, and again, she came first this time in the case of the show. So yeah. it's just about having respect for the characters. And it's just frustrating for me, I guess, as a fan of hers that, you know, um, the disrespect for her character, you know, it, it's it's always overlooked, you know, because who cares? And I'm like, I care. And that was the cool thing about the show Supergirl is that in a lot of ways, they brought prominence to a lot of characters that never otherwise got the time of day. Like John Jones, yep. he never got the time of day since maybe the Justice League animated show. And oh, yeah. even then, like, he still wasn't like, well, he's the best. People, we, you know, only still talk about Superman and Batman and the Flash and stuff, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. Um, but so it was really cool to see him get that time of day there. And like characters like Lena Luthor, who is from the comics, and she's also blonde in the comics, and she's also terrible in the comics, the original <laughs> Lena Luthor. Like, she was supposed to be a guest star in season two, and then she became so big, and then look where that went. So yeah. um, it's, it is really cool to see what shows, kind of like you said, with the found family and like, you know, these characters that we otherwise would like, why are they making this show? Nobody cares about that character. And <laughs> I love that, especially for Jean, because I think this this show helped bring him back into the light a little bit. Um, yep. And I'm hoping he comes back into the light again, because the end of that show should not be the end of John Jones being in mainstream media. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And also, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a come at me, bro, kind of feeling here, but uh, the reveal of Hank Henshaw as John Jones uh, greater than General Swan, Swan, Swanwick as John Jones in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, it was just like, uh, you know, everybody could sit there and go, oh, that's so cool. He's, he was there the whole time. I'm like, yeah, Supergirl did it first and better. You know? 
No, I would agree. I mean, well, and, you know, anytime you bring up Snyder, you know, everybody starts getting big feelings, whether you want to complain against it or, you know, uh, troll the trolls or whether you're the trolls. Um, but, yeah, I barely remember that reveal, to be honest. I barely remember it. Because, again, yeah, it was so poorly done. And, yeah, I don't think, yeah, I think that show deserves, Supergirl deserves a lot of credit for, you know, kind of helping Jean-Jean's characters character out again and, and mainstream media and introducing people to him even if that's not your favorite version of him that's totally okay yeah. um but yeah it definitely gave him i think it also gave him a little bit more what's the word um i don't know gave him another layer as a character because i would have never thought like uh like on the just like animated show and the movie which i enjoyed john as much as her and um i would have never thought like oh he could he's such a dad character like you don't think that with that version of character, uh, or most people don't, I guess. But um, but no, with this, he, you do get to see that. So it's it's just another version of the character to love, and for someone somewhere to get exposed to the Martian Manhunter. Like a lot of the general population watch Supergirl, so that means a lot of people that have never picked up a comic or never got a chance to watch the animated series. You know, they yep. got to see him for the first time. I will say the one thing that killed me with the show is that he didn't get to be in his true form a lot. That destroyed me. <laughs> it's, you know, that's a, that's a joke that I, I've made. Uh, I, I was talking about X-Men days uh, or the X-Men prequels, I should say the, the, the recent series, uh, a buddy of mine and I were joking about it. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, Mystique, you, you can't keep saying mutant and proud and you're Jennifer Lawrence the entire time. Like, you know, that's just, yeah. It's I true. mean, I, I get it. It's Jennifer Lawrence. Do you want her in blue makeup the whole time? Yada, yada. Which is I, hilarious because she hated that. She was so upset to do the other films and have to do that makeup. Like, she yeah. complained a lot about it. Um, but yeah, and it's like like in the Marvel Secret Invasion show, like the, the it, scrolls, same. it's like when you go to the, when they go to their like compound and they're all supposed to be themselves. Amelia Clark character is like, you can be yourself here. But she does again her scroll form. She's still a human the entire time. I'm None like, I can't be the only one missing this. Like, but yeah, what? no, they're, they're all humans. They're all look like humans there. They're only scrolls for part of it. And again, you, you, you understand probably the budgetary, like, do they want to be in green makeup the whole time or green CGI the whole time, whatever it is, probably a little yeah, bit but like, if you can't afford it, don't do the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, do it right or yeah. something else. There were other things you could have done. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, like, I, I understand why. I just don't, but that doesn't mean I have to like it, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I hear that. Uh, you know, but one of my favorite uh, Jean, uh, that, that found family moments has never left me from season one is, you know, so it happens pretty early in the season. It has like halfway through, like where Alex is the one that kills uh, Astra and, and Jean basically says, you know, I'll take the heat for this because if, you know, if Kara finds out it was, it was you, you know, she might not forgive you. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple episodes later when Alex does confess and she says, I killed her, you know, mm -hmm. like I, you know, I had to do it. It was, you know, it was a, it was a horrible choice. And I know what this means. And I know you'll probably hate me and I'm really sorry. And, and Kara hugs her and Jean starts to walk away and Kara grabs his hand and looks at him and is like, stay, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful moment. Like I'm getting chills talking about it because it, again, the, the emotional reality behind it, 
I'm sitting there going, look at this beautiful show and how they, you know, how uh, modern storytelling, when you want to subvert expectations, you can do it in a really great way where they could have gotten three or four or five episodes out of Kara hating Alex and blaming her for the death of yeah. her aunt and not forgiving mm -hmm. her or hating Jean for lying to her or whatever. They didn't do that. They subverted the expectation by Kara forgives her immediately. And, and she forgives yeah. Jean and they just, they all stand there in, in this beautiful embrace. And I'm just sitting there going like, wow, you know, this is part of what makes this show so great is that this, this feels real to me. It would feel so forced. Uh, like I said, if, if it was just Kara and Alex on at each other's throats for the next three or four episodes, it's this makes more sense. And it's also fitting to the Supergirl character that we've come to know in however many, like 16, 17 episodes that it was, she, you know, yep. she's at, she's at that point now where she's, She's like understanding everything that she's saying and she forgives her. And it's not even like they needed the episode to do it. They just needed that few minutes to do it. Yeah. And it's, and you know, to me, I, 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 it's unforgettable because it was me looking at the show going, I love this. And I'm, I was already invested, but now, you know, it's like, What's that uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio line? You know, it's like, you know, you had my attention, but now you have my curiosity kind of a feeling, you know, like the, yeah, uh, or whatever he says, or I don't know. I hate Quentin Tarantino, so I'll never see that movie. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't care um, for stuff either. And I don't care for Leonardo DiCaprio much, but that's more just like he kind of seems like a shit person. But I digress. I, um, I, but I, yeah, I, I, I mean, am inclined to agree with you on that, uh, given recent stories about him. But <laughs> yeah, so, unfortunately, that's just how it goes. But yeah, no. And and I love that. I think that's such a defining moment uh, for Carr as a character, for Jean as a character. And, and for them as like kind of a family essentially because like you said like that's that's one of my favorite things about Kara's character um that makes her slightly different from Clark in a way um mm -hmm. not that Clark you know isn't capable of forgiveness and all that as well um but that's the thing is in that moment she made a very quick decision and she all like you said it, it's almost you know easy for her it looks like even if it wasn't but that moment she chose to love and and you know be grateful for her sister right you know she she's accepting that person as her sister um and and be grateful for the fact that hey she told me you know that was probably one of the hardest things for her and <clears throat> she knew i wasn't gonna like it and she thinks i'm going to walk away or i'm gonna be mad and yeah. yell at her um and she in that moment made a very quick choice no like i'm putting my family first that's more important to me than being mad at her like you said for three episodes or three yeah. weeks in their time whatever you know like mm -hmm. she made a very quick choice and that's the thing is people are like well but it was a choice whatever and it's like people don't get to make choices that quickly you know other people like in reality and other characters in the show like lena for an example they take weeks or months yep. to get over stuff that car gets over like that when it's somebody that she really loves and cares about and she can make you know she chooses that priority quickly and the fact that she's able to do that and then you know kind of remind jean of how to do that you know what i mean because yeah. again 
Jean was so used to like fighting for himself, being more militant, having to protect because he lost so much. And yep. in that moment, he's kind of like, I have something again. Like, I, yep. oh my gosh, yep. like somebody can offer just this kindness and grace out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. I think that's a starting point to him, you know, as the seasons go on, becoming more peaceful, he becomes more, you know, of a pacifist in terms yep. of he doesn't want to do violence. Um, you know, seeing that grace from Kara um, and also Alex over time and that family um, that that really shaped him as a character. Because, I mean, like you said, imagine if Kara had gone mad with Alex and he fought for the that would have only affected those two. That would have affected Jean. That could sure. have very well changed his character. Yep. So. Well, because he he did say that he killed Astra because he mm-hmm. he was immediately like, if like, I'll, I'll take the heat because she'll she'll expect it from me as opposed to you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, so the, and it, and it, and that character wise, it makes sense why he would do that and why, and it also makes sense in the moment why they did it for, so Kara, you know, wouldn't get angry with John. She would just kind of understand, but then later when it's Alex, you know, it, it was a, it, it was a great thing about the Supergirl character because in the comic books, you know, in, in the comic books around that time, especially with the New 52 and everything, Kara was a hothead, you know? She, I mean, she was literally a Red Lantern for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, she would just kind of fly off the handle. And I never really cared for that that kind of story because I, I liked the idea of her being a compassionate, um, caring young woman who was willing to forgive, was willing to be uh, the, the bigger person when she had to be. Um, yeah, I don't care for I I kind of grew to despise the storylines of hers. Like it's cool to see her as a Red Lantern. Like wow, a Red Lantern! Holy shit, she's like beating ass. You know, like that's the cool factor to me. But sure. But with Supergirl, a trope I've seen a lot with her in the comics is you know, like you said, the the angry you know manic woman basically. Like oh, here she goes again. She's always angry. Oh, that's Superman's hot headed cousin. She's right. literally called that. And it really frustrates me, you know, especially being a woman myself and how like the second we get angry, you know, that's how you're labeled forever as a woman by certain people. You know, you become the angry bitch. Yeah, you become difficult. You're the second you get emotional. It's like, oh, she can't handle it. Um, So, yeah, I liked that. And that's one thing I love with Cars storyline the first season, too, is how they tackled her processing her anger and despair of a Krypton still. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that that was that ever left her as a character, you know, she'll always be sad about Krypton and things like that. But but the sure. anger she fully got to process for the most part, and with Red Tornado, and like I love that they showed that hey, she could get that, she could process that, right? She could see all that grief and feel it and feel all that anger, get it out, like you know, in a fairly healthy way for being a Kryptonian, and then you know, she could. Know about her day and still be herself. Still be the kind, compassionate, hopeful, you know, person that she is. Um, she wasn't always forever angry. And for seasons going on, it wasn't always her like, oh, now she's angry again, guys. Oh, we got to deal with this again. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate that. And I think, you know, part of that influence on her too was John, you know, throughout the seasons. Yeah. You know, he, as she kind of helped ground him, I think, in the first season, he, you know, becomes, you know, kind of like you said, her father figure and mentor and, and helps ground her whenever she starts to kind of drift away again or she's struggling. Um, yeah. He's one of the people that helps pull her in, which is really cool. And, you know, and it's it's a much different, but still 
fitting characterization from like the Justice League uh, animated series where Sean was very empathetic and, you know, because, you know, being a telepath, he could, he knew what everybody was thinking, what everybody was feeling. So he was a very empathetic character, but could still be, you know, but could still be a badass when he needed to be. Um, and whereas this, this Sean, you know, like you said, is very militant, very authority figure, has to be the one in charge, has to be the one making all the tough choices. And as the series goes on, he gets, you, you see him morph into that more compassionate, understanding, empathetic character, which is really, you, you know, you know, I mean, the characters there, I think, you know, had really great arcs, you know, like still one of my favorite things in any superhero show ever, any show ever is Alex's coming out in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, just stuff like that, where it's like, oh, we're taking this very real thing and making and, and putting it in this heightened reality. And, you know, and that's, and that's the thing that, you know, I, that, that makes, you know, fiction so great, science fiction, whatever, you know, is, is taking, you know, it doesn't have to be real, but it just it, when it feels real, that's when it is real. You know what I mean? That's just a weird way to say it, but, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, no, I gotcha. But that's, but that's, you know, um, I mean, George Romero was great with that, with, uh, you know, his Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead films, right? Um, mm. You know, uh, it's like, oh, there's a message here. You know, <laughs> like this isn't just like right. zombies killing people and it's fun horror stuff. Um, and same with this. It's not just like superheroes punch him up and save the day, you know, and it's super friends where they smile and laugh at the camera at the end. You know, it's like there's mm-hmm. there's there's a there's an emotional reality. There's a there's a feeling of, wow, like these characters, they're going through stuff and they're going through it in believable ways, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and again, th- that subversion of expectation where we're not just you know, watching Jean just, you know, like his character, you know, never went backwards, right? Like he never, it's it's not like he became, he, he revealed himself to be Jean Jones, but he was still like Hang Henshaw, like a dickhead, right? <laughs> you know, right. Like he, he embraced who he was once he was able to, once the, you know, kind of the, the heat died down on him, <laughs> you know, from right. uh, the, you know, the, the government, you know, trying to hunt him down and everything. Right. Um, and he has some good stuff with, uh, with Dean Kane's character, you know, and, and, you know, say what you will about Dean Kane, and I have said plenty, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it was great to have these moments. There were some flashback moments where it's just Jean and, and Jeremiah just kind of talking and getting to know each other. And it's like, wow, this is, this is kind of cool. This is, this feels, it's nice, it, you know, and having, you know, we were joking off, off mic about, how these shows go on too long. You know, there's 22 episodes. It's like, okay, that's enough. That's too many, you know, but, um, but at the same time, it it is nice to have those beats where they, we can slow the story down a little bit and just spend some Mm -hmm. time with the characters and get to know them. Um, Because some, some of my favorite comic book issues have done that where there's just like uh, Brad uh, Metzler when he was doing justice league, he, you Mm -hmm. know, he deliberately Brian Michael Bendis did this, you know, when he was on um, Superman, you know, uh, especially his Ultimate Spider-Man, he was very good at this. Where there was just being an issue or two where things were just kind of slow down. Like, hey, we're not going to do a big action issue. This is going to be an issue about, you know, the these characters just talking and getting to know each other and 
getting and, and realizing that, you know, well, hey, maybe we're not so different kind of a thing. And, and that can come across very cheesy, very like, dude, like, we get it. All right. <laughs> you know, but when done well, and I think Supergirl did it really well with these characters where I'm not sitting there going, oh, OK, I'm going to fast forward to the fight. You know, I'm 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 looking. I'm putting my phone down. I'm I'm leaning forward, going, "Hmm, this is cool too." You know, <laughs> and that's and that you know that's that's tough to do. And I give a lot of credit to David Harewood, who is very open about his struggles with mental health and depression. And uh, if you've ever listened to the Inside of You podcast with Michael Rosenbaum, his episode is really great, where he talks about how he struggled, how he was in a mental hospital for a while and, and kind of how that helped inform how he played John a little bit. And it's like, damn, like you, you're just, you just get it. You know, you were able to give us this character that, you know, it's who is, is very easily overlooked. And this is a, and I said this in uh, an episode we did earlier this year about blackest night, where there's a, you know, when he comes, John comes back as a Black Lantern and he attacks Green Green Lantern and Flash and he says, I'm as strong as Superman. Why does everyone forget that? And it's just this cool moment where you're like, oh, like he's a force to be reckoned with. And uh-huh. I think David Harewood understood that to a degree, you know, like this is a character who's just as powerful, if not more powerful than Superman. Um, uh-huh. And he's... But at the same time, he's still going to have this gentle nature about him. This, uh, mm. you know, the, you know, the the teddy bear aspect that I think, you know, we all sort of crave with a father figure, right? That I can mm. go to my dad, not just when my car breaks down or something, you know, like I can go to my dad and, and have a very real, open, honest, emotional discussion with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's like you know, it's the gentle giant trope, even if it's not the like. I was, super I was actually going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know, everybody loves a gentle giant. Like, there's something that's fascinating about you know somebody that like has all this power, but then like they, they they just want to be nice, you know. And and people yep. will take that very far on fan fiction. Um, <laughs> and then other people are just like, that's just so sweet. So, um, it it definitely fits that bill. Like, I think. What was it? I think in the comics recently they said that Jean Jones has a cat, and I was like, "He's a cat dad. That's so cute." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And uh, and I like that he, you know, and, and he's you know another character, you know, like uh, uh, like like Clark, like Kara, is a survivor of a the only survivor of a dead world, and as as we come to learn, with uh, I did I did find this some of this story annoying that there were actually a lot of green Martians still alive. I was like, well, that sort of ruins it a little bit, doesn't it? But some of it was good because I thought that Carl Lumbly as his father was great. Um, and just, yeah. if you want to elevate your material, put some Carl Lumbly in it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think, well, I think, you know, they, they wanted to go more into the Mars stuff with him, but they were like, how can we do that if everybody's gone? <laughs> so then sure. it's like, okay, we have to bring somebody back that he's connected with. Like, somebody had to have survived somehow. Because otherwise, you know, yeah, it's like, what do you do? Like, does he go back to Mars and fight white Martians? Like, well, you, you know, you can't do that, really, with the way the show was formulated. So, like... Well, you know, but they... 
I thought they were they were clever with the white Martians and and mm -hmm. it is a very you know it's it's a not so subtle you know <laughs> north versus south kind of thing with the white and the green yeah. Martians. <laughs> well, I liked um like uh, Miss Martian on that show. You know, she she was a white Martian and and that was you know a yeah. nice little thrown as well in terms of he's like all oh, white martians are terrible and like you're all violent cruel beings and she's like no like you know again it's something that you've seen quite a bit and we will continue to see in a lot of you know like entertainment content in terms of like there's always you know like you know the the few the, the, the terrible majority or even the terrible few of a group don't represent every single person or every single being in a group you know yeah even if yeah. most white martians were terrible somehow you know, there were still going to be a few that had no desire to be. Um, so that was really nice. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I think John Jones was also a great choice to put in the show overall, because a lot of the themes um, they and stories they wanted to tell using Supergirl's character, um, John Jones kind of went hand in hand with yes. in terms of like, you know, again, stories that teach compassion you know going into situations where it's like i just want to punch everything and then realizing oh wait there's more nuance to this hold on mm -hmm. <laughs> i have to step back and see what's actually going on um so like i yeah i mean the show really made john jones feel more like a real character to me like somebody that like i could actually see in yep. real life even though he's an alien and everything it's like wow like he understands a lot of these issues and he understands this nuance of being human even if he isn't um yeah. whereas like of course like john jones on like uh you know the ama show he'd be like what 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 is a shake weight why would you have that <laughs> it's pretty amusing and i still love him too there's yeah there is that uh you know which is like starfire on like teen titans right you know she <laughs> you know like the um but you know you mentioned miss martian and uh you know uh i i always love that idea that you know she was she's a white martian and she tries to hide that because she she doesn't want to be discriminated against much in the same way that john didn't want to be discriminated against you know for being an alien in the first place um but uh, i and i i think that all that's really great storytelling i will say though that nothing tops uh hello megan <laughs> so from young justice so uh um, one of my uh fa favorite all-time characters is uh specifically miss martian from the young justice animated series um but um you know and then and then now it's like i've been watching teen titans go with my daughter because she's an, a crazy obsessed with it mm -hmm. to the point where it's like let's let's play teen titans go and it's like okay <laughs> you know uh, here we go again but you know uh so she's like she's like you know i was like i think you'll like raven raven's a cool character but then she gravitated towards Starfire. She thinks Starfire's her favorite, you know, Star Starfire's her favorite character. Um, so, I mean, that's a whole other tangent I'm randomly going <laughs> on about. Uh, but it's just it's just fun to have this, you know, uh, this kid growing up in the superhero-filled world um, and wanting to show her all this different stuff. And, you know, part of the reason I, I like showing her superhero stuff isn't just because, like, I'm a big nerd and I want to show her you know, like we, we go to see Into the Spider-Verse, right? You know, it's like, or Across the Spider-Verse, excuse me. You know, it's like, say, hey, isn't Spider-Gwen cool? But it's also like, hey, but I want you to like, like this stuff now. And then when you get older, go, oh, wow. Like there's 
more to it than just isn't that cool. Yeah. You know? um, which I think the best uh, superhero stuff has done. Yeah. So re- there's a reason I've devoted a whole two podcasts to this stuff, you know, <laughs> um, with this and, and Spider-Man. Uh, because this, you know, when you have great storytelling, when you have a Miss Martian, you know, afraid to be herself around Jean, when you have Jean who, you know, had to hide who he was for the longest time and name me a person of color that can't relate to that. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, that, that emotional reality is, is, is palpable. It's, it's there. And when it's done well, it doesn't feel preachy. It doesn't feel, you know, like the full house end of the episode, like, hey, let's talk about what we did wrong and how we can do better kind of a thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, which a friend of mine and I used to joke about. It's like every episode of Full House ends with, you know, DJ, you know, it's OK that, you know, you're kind of an idiot because, you know, you learned your lesson this time. So you're not that dumb. I was dumb when I was your age or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can have these stories that are telling you something um, and have it mean something. Or you can have a Black Mirror episode about how AI is uh, destroying the world and Netflix is still like, we're not paying you. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's like you literally produced an episode about the stuff you're not, you're not wanting to do now. Anyway. Um, yep. But the that, irony is not works. lost on the, me. The money makers. <laughs> What was it? There, there's, there's a part in a movie recently. I won't say what it was because then somebody will be like, "It's a spoiler." But if I don't say who it is, you don't know what movie it's from. There's a movie where that's obviously where um, they're like, "No, we're not going to do that." And then somebody behind them is like, "Oh, it's going to make money." And then they go, "Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Never mind. What great idea!" Like that. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> Oops, it makes money. Don't care if it contradicts us. Don't care if it says this. It makes us money. Do it. So I think hey. that was the thought process there. That's funny. Uh, and it's true, you know. That's that's a uh, corporate thinking, really. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it, you know, it, it's it's that kind of stuff that you know that I, I it, and it's funny because you know when I talked about my dad earlier, it's like I think my dad sometimes looks at me and goes, "Why is he still watching like these, you know, cartoons and these these superhero things? Like, why does he still care about all that?" When it's like, well, sure, like you know, I, you know, it, is it cool when John and and Kara are flying together, like you know, yeah, that's that's awesome to look at. Heck yeah, but, mm-hmm. but it's you know, and is it awesome when Michael Keaton comes back as Batman and acts as a mentor figure to to Barry Allen? You know, um, all that's really great, but it doesn't. None of that means a damn thing if the stories aren't compelling. If the stories aren't, you know, pushing something forward i don't want to say agenda because that I, that's kind of a dirty word <laughs> but you know isn't but, that weird how that became a like dirty word yeah i agree with you i've never heard it said that way but you're right it is it's like agenda like yeah. evil or something well you know you you would know more about that than i would being you know like saying, oh you know they're pushing the gay agenda on our kids i'm like i'm pretty sure that uh gay people just want to be accepted just like straight people are <laughs> throwing it out there you know you fucking weirdo um but don't get me started on my car is not straight agenda because i will never stop that and dc is already halfway to admitting it so i i i'm on I, watch 
I I see your tweets, you know, or or I well, should it doesn't say make your... sense. She grew up on Krypton. They don't they didn't recognize gender. Like they didn't care about like they didn't have the same societal constraints that we do. So logically, why would they? Especially on top of that, for her personally, like in the comics, when she was on Krypton, she was part. She was like one of the leads in the science guild. Like when she mm-hmm. was 12, 13. So like even more so, she's gonna have that logic of like why like that's so silly she just doesn't think about it you know it's just yeah. funny no I, I i i get where you're coming from <laughs> you know so there's now, a, John, I, I don't know about though because i don't understand <laughs> marsh i don't know how the martians thought of that stuff so i i can't get on that train yet i'm well, fine with either way i just don't i just don't have the like the the logic to support the argument i guess sure no i i don't know either uh uh, I did think it was a little weird that jo- that John fell in love with McGann. In uh... it was forced to me. Um, yeah, yeah. It, that was one thing I did not like. Um, I didn't like that they forced her and him. Like I didn't like that because it was. It almost felt like oh, that's the only option for him. Like that was the only yeah. option ever for a love interest. Him. I was like, that's just so shitty. You know what I mean? Like that that's such a disservice to his character. Like yeah. man, so you have that where he doesn't get any of our love interests except her. And then you have you know, then I have to watch Kara have the perfect love interest in front of her, but then be paraded with these terrible characters on the show <laughs> that are pretty insignificant, most of the ones that's like even an option for her. So like it's just like two extremes, you know, like yeah. you can't win either way. But yeah, I, I didn't care for that either. I was like, they can just be friends. Like and I don't see the chemistry beyond that. It, it wasn't working for me. Well, plus, like, you know, like, look at Barry and Kara. They had this cool friendship, you know? Yeah. Where, like, and, you know, would it have been, like, it, you, they could have done, like, a romantic story for them. And I, don't get me wrong, I'm glad they didn't, but they could have. And it's, like, you know, I don't, I don't even know where I'm going with that. But, like, but, but, you know, what? okay, here's where I'm going with that. Like, yeah, it's okay to just have the platonic female friend aspect to it or the platonic male friend to it. Because, you know, it, anyone who says, oh, you can't just have a platonic female friend or a platonic male friend, you know, I I would say to that person, why? Like, I have plenty of female friends that not only am I not attracted to, but I respect the hell out of as people, you know? <laughs> like, my first thought isn't, yeah. oh, man, what would I do if it was just us or whatever? Like, no. Like, come on, you fucking weirdos. <laughs> just- yeah, I mean, I, that's such an early 2000s thing, you know, like, you know, early 2000s. Like, what what yeah. do I do? But, I mean, even personally, like, I had an experience, like, uh, a little after college where I was hanging out with, like, a guy I worked with. And, like, we were friends. It was show. But, like, I, so, in high school, I was friends with a lot of the band kids. So, if, mm. if any of you have hung around band kids, theater kids, or anybody like that, that you know they're very touchy-feely naturally and not in that way, but, like, they're very cuddly. Like, there's limited boundaries compared to, like, other friendship groups. And so, like, I'm very cuddly with my friends naturally, so I would cuddle with him. And at one point, he tried to make a move, and I was kind of like, what's happening here? And he's like, and he was very polite, but he was just like, oh, I, I, I just, I've never, like, snuggled with a woman before and never done something. I was like, really? I was like, that is so weird. But he was so honest and polite about it and everything was fine. You know, like I explained to him where I was. It was all good. But I was just like, 
that's a thing. Like, yeah. that's so odd to me. So, yeah, like, I agree. It was, yeah, it was just so forced on the show. And I was like, man, like, both characters deserve more because that also kind of screwed with Megan's character because then she just became like, oh, well, she's that other Martian that Jean kind of likes. Like, yeah. man, such a disservice. It's like, and they didn't, they didn't have to go that route. And I kind of liked the idea of, you know, either and not just them being friends, but you know, almost the idea that oh, he's just he's just everyone's dad, kind of a feeling, you know, like which is kind of how their relationship is in the comic books, right? You know, where they're just he's you know he's Uncle Jean, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, that's you know that's what it was in Young Justice, you know. I mean, I just gotta say like, hello, Megan. We don't have to be in love, um, but what are you gonna do anyway? Um, but yeah, I I, I loved. Uh, I, I think making having David Harewood, I mean, they brought in uh, Cyborg Superman in season two of Supergirl, and the less said about that, the better. And, and if you've read any <laughs> interviews with David Harewood, he he would agree. Uh, mm-hmm. But because uh, he literally had like the cringiest line ever, where he was like, "I'm the Cyborg Superman," and I went, "Ugh." You're a good actor, man, but even you can't pull that shit off. <laughs> like, yeah, Cyborg Superman's not a. I mean, like, I even remember, like, I, uh, the so like the Supergirl Rebirth, I think, because um, that series came out and it was like kind of mimicking the CW show. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it came out at the same time, so they kind of wanted it to be kind of synchronized. Um, so, right, anyways, right. but I remember, I think the second volume maybe was like Reign of the Superman with her. Like, you know, you had Cyborg, a Cyborg Superman or something come in. I was like, this plot sucks. I'm bored. But yeah, because they, <laughs> but he was like, but he wasn't, he wasn't Kal-El. He was Zor-El, I think. Right. I um, think so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't read it, yeah. but I remember reading of it, like reading some of the uh, solicits and going, that sounds stupid. Like, you know, it's like, you know, we don't. Uh, yeah. That, but, I mean, yeah, that plot. I mean, it's just like robot Superman. Like how original is that? <laughs> Well, you know, it 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 works, it it works for Clark's story, you know, because uh-huh. especially the whole reign of the Superman thing, it works there. But that's well, about it. All, well, and it's so funny because it's like you know how like they're always trying to do equivalents, like oh, well, we're gonna you know if Superman does this, Supergirl gets this, but it's a Supergirl version of it. Like, why didn't you do like a cyborg Supergirl? Like, what the? F- like, I'm not saying that would have been much better. Like full disclosure probably would have not been great either but like you can't have even done that like yeah like my uh, my my favorite villain of supergirls though was uh agent liberty in season four they gave him kind of a crappy i hated that guy man we are gonna disagree because i did not like season four and i actually have a good friend of mine who also loves season four it's one of her favorites so totally okay i must be in the (laughs) minority but like Oh, that guy was terrible. And I mean, maybe that makes him a great villain. So I'm not going to say he's a terrible villain. <laughs> I think the actor did a great job. Man, oh, yeah. but I, ugh, absolutely nothing for me to like about him beyond like respecting the actor and the job he did. Hate that guy. Absolutely not. Get out of here. <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> I like to, anyway, sorry. No, and it's totally, again, there are good things, especially about the role. So like, I can respect yeah, yeah. that. Um, I really liked um, like seeing like Red Daughter and stuff and, like with Supergirl, like seeing Melissa play that other like Russian version, that was really fun. I, I that. see that that I would disagree with because I didn't like when they gave her 
Superman stories. The same way I didn't like when they gave Arrow ba- Batman stories. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, like she's got a long history of the comics. But she had Cyborg Superman and that was okay? You just told me that's a Superman story. Well, yeah, because well, I, I didn't like the way they did it. <laughs> that's but it I was, was okay that they attempted Cyborg Superman. So if they had done it well, it would be fine and being a Superman story. If, if they had done it well. Which they didn't, and maybe, and also the comics didn't do it well, so maybe they just can't do it well. I don't know. (laughs) um, That's fair. But uh, but anyway, it's but it's great to see a character like like Jean get get a spotlight in a show like that because he's he's not getting it. You know, we're not we're getting a Blue Beetle movie, but we're not getting a Martian Manhunter movie. You know, and it's like, yeah, how backwards is that? By the way, (laughs) like I was at the movies and saw the Blue Beetle trailer. I was like, this is cool. But my friend and I looked at each other and we were like, and I was like, that should have been an HBO Max film and Batgirl should have, you know, gone release and it should have been a theatrical release. Like, Uh, I could go on on about how angry I am about the Batgirl situation. (laughs) Yeah, Um, sorry. I know I'm going off topic here, but I mean, it's just baffling. Like, how crazy is it that we get a Blue Beetle movie who has had no general audience exposure, literally none, unless you picked up a comic book or you somehow found an old toy that was at a yard sale and you're like who is that and you googled it um <laughs> so he's getting which is great i'm not trying to say blue beetle should get his movie it's really great all four but like where's john's man like where's martian manhunter like give him a show give him something like he's had a lot of general audience exposure and like we're just throwing him to the curb like what one of uh one of my favorite um um uh, Wait, I think I lost my thought, train of thought here. Um, oh, I did lose it. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, no, okay. So it was... Uh, uh, I went to New York Comic Con, again, around the when the New 52 was uh, going. <laughs> because I don't want to say at the height of the New 52, because I don't think that was really a thing for a while. Except for the number <laughs> one. Well, when the number ones came out, that was a big deal. But after that, you know, if it wasn't like a Batman or Green Lantern book, nobody really cared. Um, But I remember going to a panel when they were launching the Justice League of America book and John was going to be the leader of it. And I remember Jeff John saying, we're positioning John Jones, you know, Martian Manhunter to, to be the most dangerous hero in the DC universe. And the whole room erupted in cheers. And I was like, huh, I would, I would not have thought that. I would have thought that was like the opposite way to go. But, you know, people love badass Jean, I guess. Uh, and don't get me wrong, he is a badass. And David Harewood, you know, understood the assignment several times in the show and made him a badass. But I, before I ever thought of Jean as a badass, I thought of him as very empathetic, very just kind of cool calm collected uh like he was on the animated series but then again maybe i just was you know i haven't read very many comics with him in it i don't know <laughs> you know like, well, who knows? I hope because the little i've read of him in the comics he's exactly what you're thinking in terms of empathy still and such um mm-hmm. again he has his badass moments so my hope is that in terms of the cheers at like dangerous person they were like he's badass yeah we want to see more jean like that's my hope of what they're cheering for is like respect for jean let's get sure. more jean but yeah jeff johns to say like let's make him the most dangerous character in dc 
what the hell's wrong with you? Like, that's not what you highlight about him. Like, yes, he's tough and badass. But like you said, the things to highlight about him are how empathetic he is, how he is powerful, and yet he's careful with his actions. And he understands the, uh, you know, he understands the ripple effects of not only his own actions, but other people's around him. Like, yeah. what the, the, that's such a weird thing. That was probably just him. I would hope that was just him, like, trying to market him and, like, get the crowd excited. Because, like, in reality, I'd be like, I hope you don't say that in the writing room because you're wrong. Hey, who knows? <laughs> you know, and uh, I I don't know. I, I just remember thinking that that was a very strange there was a strange way to put it and it was a strange way for everyone to react to it. Like <laughs> they were just totally on board with it. And I was like, huh? Okay. Like this is, <laughs> this is where we're going. And, but then again, that was the new 52 and you know, all that shit's over with now. So we're, we're in a Thank better spot. God. Yeah. A slightly. Were... Well, slightly better spot than where we were <laughs> with the comics. Um, depends no... on, depends on what characters you're talking about and what books. <laughs> yeah. If we're, well, if we're talking about John Jones, you know, I, I, where is he now in the comics? I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. I think he was in a Justice League comic recently. I think it mm -hmm. might have been the Justice League special that had Nubia in it, which I have. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one where, like, he said he had a cat or something. And, like, you know, for a day on Twitter, we were all giggling about that. Um, <laughs> those of us that saw it. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know what he's doing right now. Um, I mean, they're doing, like, they're, they've been promoting the Justice Society of America a lot. So a lot of the Justice League stuff has been kind of put on the back burner. Mm. Um, but I think they're trying to kind of resurrect that back in a way. So we'll see. I don't know, but I think he deserves a time to shine. Like all these other characters that aren't that well known about are getting like solo books and stuff, which is wonderful. And where Jean, <laughs> where is he? <laughs> yeah. And, and I will say that, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm not sure how you feel, but I, I, I trust James Gunn with where he wants to go with some of this stuff because I, I like that he wants to put the spotlight on a lot of unknown characters that, you know, we're going to get Anthony Kerrigan playing, uh, you know, uh, Metamorpho in the Superman movie. I think that's cool, you know, because it's like, you know, and people complaining about like, oh, you know, there's, there's, there's just Justice League characters in this. I'm like, you know, I, I, I'd be upset if I didn't like James Gunn and what he's and. And, and, and again, it could all just be an act. It could all just be like, you know, he's uh, it's PR moves. Who knows? But I, I'd like to think that he's sincere with what he's saying about like loving these characters and wanting to do right by them. And, you know, because let's face it, we've, you know, as, as DC fans, we've we've had a rough go lately. Like we've had the Arrowverse stuff. Some of the stuff on DC Universe was great. Or now Max, whatever. Uh, but it's like it's been it's been it's been a rough couple of years you know with uh, when you yeah. think about like you know black adam and um the rock you know, fuckery essentially yeah, yeah yeah and just and just the 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 weird the, i got to i got to say you guys it's weird the way you talk about snyder and how you you put him up on this pedestal it's weird okay to be fair I agree, and at the same time, it really isn't that much different than how most people put male directors, which are the majority of directors, by the way, that we see in mainstream films, on pedestals, other than it's just, rather than just a few, like, cinephiles, like, film lovers talking about this male director in their group, and then the rest of us can be oblivious to it, the Snyder people are bigger, there's more of them for some reason, it's this weird 
thing. And it's like, but I mean, you know, people worship male directors too much. And that's why, like, I also like James Gunn. I'm excited about how much he loves the characters. I do believe he is sincere about loving the characters, loving the material. Um, however, I try not, I'm not even thinking about that too much right now. Like, oh, where are the DC films going and such because of the strikes going on right now? Like, that is happening. They're not paying them. Corporations aren't budging yet, even though they literally can't make anything now. Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter that you made a deal with the directors, which that's something that really ticks me off. James Gunn is a director, as mm. are many directors that we worship. And we're like, wow, we love how much they love the actors. Well, their union, okay, they made a deal with the corporations and the corporations were willing to make a deal with the directors and pay them whatever you know they worked out but they're not willing to do that with the actors and the writers which is insane so to me that tells me the directors are very close to corporate like closer than everybody else and that really bothers me and we have to remember too james gunn is not just any director he is also this one of the co-ceos of dc studios so he is corporate so he is part of the problem now <laughs> even if he has good intentions and i think people can't understand two things at the same time i can say he's a great creative i love a lot of the work he does i genuinely believe he loves the characters and he wants to make great content honoring these characters and their works and he is corporate now and he has to do a lot of the things that we don't like. And he's making a lot of decisions that we don't like. And he's doing a lot of things that are affecting the characters we love, the people that are involved in making the characters we love shine on screen. And so, yeah, I, I don't even think about, like, what's the next film going to be like? Because I don't know when it's going to be made at this point. Um, so I, I don't want, I can't give James Gunn or any other director's props at the moment, you know, beyond, like, you know, I saw the Barbie movie and I loved that. Greta Gerwig directed it. I think she did a wonderful job. She wrote yeah. it well with someone else. Someone else was tagged on there as well. Um, but she's also a director. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the frustrating thing, you know, and, and it's complicated. But people don't, the general public doesn't understand two things at once. They pick a side and you have to decide which one you think is right. And if you pick the one everybody else is on, you're good. If you pick the one other people aren't on, you're not good. So um, but I, I do like a lot of the stuff James Gunn does. I do have a lot of problems in term and concerns in terms of going forward with DC, especially with the Flash film and how that went. I didn't see it yet. I'm not sure if I will watch it at this point unless I see like just the super cut Supergirl scenes in it because I personally like just how it did. I'm not all over wasting my time watching it. But if somebody wants to watch it with me, I might watch it. Um, but they that was supposed to be a big deal and it wasn't. And it did poorly, which on the one hand, I'm grateful for because I have issues with Ezra Miller. That was a mess and that's horrible. But on the other hand, it does stink because I want Supergirl to still do well. I still want her to get her Woman Tomorrow film. I think Sasha was a great opportunity to play Supergirl. Don't know where that's going now because box office and money, which is unfortunate for Sasha. So fingers crossed. Anyways, I'm totally rambling. But yeah, like <laughs> I, I think and, and also I think James Gunn picks favorites. I think his favorite characters get choices first um sure which you know again that makes sense we all have our own biases whether we try to or not so i can't totally fault him for it um so yeah i hope yeah i, I hope it's some like things get resolved and they you know are paying people and we can get back to all this stuff that yeah like i hope that at some point he's gonna be like oh yeah Sean, I should do something with him, right? Like, yeah. maybe maybe they'll write him into the Supergirl Woman Tomorrow plot, even though he's not in that comic. 
it could work. They could put him in that comic with the way sure. that story's written and the alien worlds it's on and such. It could make it work. I'd allow it. Put him back in there. Give him a starting point back with the Nurse Supergirl thing and then see where he goes from there. That could be cool. I would be 100% down for that. Um, and also, you know, during during your rant there, uh, I, I'll tell you, I don't disagree with you. You know, like the idea of uh, gun being corporate. Uh, so, you know, being part of the problem. Here's, you know, it's like and you're, you're saying all that. And all I could think uh, you're, during all that was just like, man, she's right. And how, and I don't mean this as a knock, but like how fucking frustrating is it that you're right with the general public not being able to understand two <laughs> things at once, you know? Because I remember saying like, uh, like just like real quick as, yeah, as we're wrapping up here, uh, like uh, after the Will Smith Chris Rock thing, right? <laughs> I remember, yeah. I remember thinking, I, and I texted my sister. I was like, I, I still like Will Smith, and and I still like Chris Rock. And she was like, Yeah, you you're allowed to. That's okay. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, yeah, okay. And I was just like, All right, you know. That's uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, and and just on a on a political thing, a friend of mine put this really well, where he's like politicians want us to think that we're either red or blue, but the truth is, is that the majority of people are purple. Right. Um, yeah. And That's, you know, I'm, this isn't the, the time or the place for it, but there's, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty liberal, but there's quite a few things every now and then that come up. That's a conservative value or a conservative thought process that I'm a little bit like, yeah, yeah, nope. I'm on, I'm with that. That's, that's me there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's the same thing. Like you can put in Marvel DC terms, red and blue, right? You literally have DC blue, Marvel red. That's not me trying to say Marvel is conservative. Okay, guys, I'm just doing it for the sake of, you know, the, they the literally analogy. have a red logo and DC has a blue logo. So yeah. Okay. So like, I'm not saying one's good or bad. Okay. It's, yeah. Yeah. But Marvel and DC fans will fight over that. Um, but like, I mean, you can't put it that way because it's like, well, Marvel's better, DC's better. Like, again, like you said, people argue about that. I only read Marvel. Ew, I only read DC. Marvel's a terrible publisher. Like, you know, they yeah. do this. And again, but most people, they just read what they enjoy regardless of publisher. You know, yeah. like you said, same thing with voting. Like in terms of politics, the fight is never to make a red voter blue or a blue voter red. The fight is to get the people that are in the middle, the purple, the gray people, to come to their side that's the yeah. fight it's yeah. the same thing with these films people are like well they're trying to get marvel fans of like dc and i'm not going to it's like no they're not they don't care they know you watch marvel they don't give a crap they want to get yeah. people that don't go see superhero movies a lot they want to get people they're like superhero movies are dumb to say huh i don't like superhero movies but that blue beetle movie that made an impression on me for some reason that's mm -hmm. and yeah, so I, I, yeah, it's it's absolutely wild, but yeah, the yeah general public, we we don't we can't talk about two things at the same time. Apparently, it's illegal. <laughs> it's uh it's the uh, the the bit in Superman three, right? You know, the Richard Pryor is like two keys at the same time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's> exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, we it. can't you can't do it. You know, whatever. But uh, uh, but anyway, um. You know, all that to say, John Jones is great, and he, I I loved his arc on the show. Uh, like I said, uh, just an unforgettable moment for me when he was revealed on the show. And, yeah. and stra strangely, it was around the same time that uh, Blair Underwood's character on Agents of Shield was revealed to be the big purple monster thing that they were fighting. 
And um, all I could think was just like, man, they're giving these black guys the coolest twists in these superhero shows. <laughs> um, um, and they were both kind of similar, although the one was we thought was the villain is actually the hero, and the one we thought was the hero was actually the villain. So that's kind of right. weird, too. Uh, again, it was literally within like the same week, I think, because I think so I think Supergirl was on Mondays, and I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was like Tuesdays. So it was something yeah, like that. Was, all right. mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Uh, and I remember that happening that way and texting my sister going, did you see this shit? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Lauren, this has been an absolute blast. And I was I was a little worried. I was like, I was like are we going to have like enough to say about all this? You know, because maybe we'll we'll go on some tangents or something, which we did. But <laughs> I think largely for the past, you know, almost 90 minutes here, we've stayed mostly on topic. So that's been great. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I feel like we talked about a thousand things. So thank you for <laughs> playing up with my grants as well. Um, oh. But yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, that's what's really cool. Like with the Supergirl show is there's so many different things you can talk about. Like you can talk about her character. You can talk about Alex, Sean, and then they all come together. Like um, there's just a thousand things to talk about. Um, and I think there's so much more to come with Sean's character over time. Yep. Um, I, I at least hope so, because... I mean, I know Supergirl's getting some stuff coming up as she deserves, which I'm thrilled yeah. about. Um, yep, yep. But Jean does too. And I think it's interesting though and 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 slightly unfortunate. Um, it's a good and a bad thing about his character um, because of how empathetic he is and, and and how supportive he is. I think he tends to be written more as a support character at times. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that is unfortunately, you know, as wonderful as that is, I think that unfortunately leads many writers to be like well he's not a main character you know it's like those memes like oh i wish i had main character energy like i feel like <laughs> that's just john sometimes like he deserves to have main character energy yeah yeah i 100 percent agree um yeah but but no that's a, that's a good point you know he he does uh fit, fit that supporting character type a little bit uh which is unfortunate but yeah. man, what do you you know you know maybe maybe james gunn will find somebody who's a screenwriter and is a huge Martian Manhunter fan that'll, you know, pitch a great movie. You know, who knows? Um, right. Or, or HBO Max uh, miniseries. And I refuse to call it Max. It's HBO Max. Uh, I'm just throwing I mean, that out there. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. That was, like, if they were going to do a name change, that was literally not the one. That was, like, the one dumbest one they could do, and they did it. <laughs> and, well, and, and, then, and then having my four-year-old daughter when I said something, like, she was like, I know you call it HBO Max, but it's Max now. But it's okay that you call it HBO. And I was ah. like, you're four. You can't talk to me that way. <laughs> I am your dad. I, in this house, it's HBO Max. God damn it. <laughs> um, oh, she's the best. Um, so, Lauren, if people are uh, out there in the uh, uh, the interwebs looking for you, and, uh, not, and we have other options besides Twitter or X, you know, you, you folks can't see it at home, but I went, huh? You know, why are we calling it that now? Because Elon Musk sucks. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, if they're looking for again. you, if they're, if they're looking for you, where can they find you? Yeah. Um. Well, I am still on Twitter or X. Um. Kind of like how you call Max HBO Max. I'm not calling Twitter X. That is stupid. It sounds like a porn site. Oh my Same. God, are yep. you on X again? Like, yeah, no, God. And it's ugly. It's black. Like, as it's white, it's like they can't even change the handle of Twitter to X because it's taken. Yeah. So it still says Twitter, but it's X. Like, it's just 
So bad. It, but I am on Twitter. Yeah, so. it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm on Twitter at FriendlyMBHDBI, but you can also find me on Instagram. I am on Threads, but the only one, the account I have on Threads is for the YouTube channel I do, uh, your Friendly Neighborhood Comic Show. So that's at MBHD Comic Show. Um, that one's also on Instagram as well. I can't keep up with the social networks. Uh, I am on Hive as well. The same handle at friendly MBHDBI. You know, find me there. Message me if you need anything. Like at this point, who knows? <laughs> it, it, there's there's something new every day. Somebody was like, oh, I'm on Mastodon. And I was like, really? Because I'm on Pterodactyl. And Triceratops. Maybe <laughs> two tiger, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what any of these fucking things are anymore. But uh, <laughs> the, this is very much me, old man yelling at the clouds type of thing. Uh, but <laughs> anyway. Right same uh you can find you can find me at four comic junkies on twitter instagram and threads uh i haven't done much with threads yet uh who knows we'll probably be there <laughs> more more of us will be flocking there soon enough right. uh somebody somebody said there's less nazis over there which is a which is a great line and it's also from crisis or not crisis uh yeah yeah uh crisis on earth x it's like we're just gonna elope. Yeah. yeah fewer nazis that way it's a good line uh yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, and you can also follow the uh, my other show um, at Spider Man Books on Twitter and uh, the Spider Man Book Club, which Lauren has been on. Um, we talked uh, talked some cool Spider Man stuff on there. Uh, she went on and on about her love of Nightcrawler uh, on our Spider Man oh. show. So, <laughs> but uh, it was all good though because that was a great episode. Um, yeah, and uh, folks, you know, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you liked it. Uh, I had a lot of fun. And uh, before we go, we just have one more thing to say, which is, hello, Megan. Because <laughs> I just love it. You got to you gotta say that every time you can, because it's, it's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Like, who gets to talk like that just to talk like that? You know what I mean? I know, it's great. 